This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll The court of Reb Shailev Kerestir was well known for its Aknasat Ochim, for its hosting guests. Reb Shailev made a whole factory of hosting. He had many places for people to eat and would feed thousands of Jews, places for them to stay, giving them clothes and whatever people needed. One Shabbos, Reb Shailev had gone away and still hadn't returned to Kerestir. And on that particular day, a large, very fancy and wealthy carriage and horses shows up at the house of Reb Shaila, a well-dressed, wealthy Jew steps down from the carriage. And he looks around and he says, where do I find Reb Shaila? And the Hasidim pointed him in the right direction. And he gets there and he says to the Gabbai, it's very important that I see the Rebbe right now. It's a very urgent matter. The Gabbai was about to say that the Rebbe hasn't returned yet. But one of the Rebbe's closest Hasidim Shloimi Engel, who was a successful businessman and was very involved in the financial management of the Rebbe's court, he said to the Gabbai, Listen, we have a problem. The stores here in Kerastir are no longer willing to extend credit to the Rebbe because he owes them so much money. And we've got to pay off these debts. And we need the Rebbe to continue doing his great mitzvot. And this is a visitor who comes with a lot of money. So listen, we don't have a choice. You're going to bring him into the Rebbe's room? and I'll take care of the rest. The Gabbai, he looked at Shloimi and he said, I don't know, I'm not sure if we should be doing this. And Shloimi said, trust me, I know what I'm doing. And so the Gabbai says, yes, sir, in just a moment, the Rebbe will be in his room. And in the meantime, Shloimi goes in there and he puts on the Rebbe's coat and his hat and he sits down at the Rebbe's chair and then he calls out to the Gabbai and he says, you may bring the guest in now. So the wealthy Jew comes in and he sits down in front of the Rebbe and the Rebbe says to him, No, my friend, how can I help you? He says, Listen, my wife is very ill, and she's been ill for a long time. And I've taken her to all the best doctors and professors everywhere, and nobody can seem to help her. So I realize that all I can do now, besides my own davening, is to come to a great tzaddik, like you, Reb Shaila. So Shloimi, who's pretending to be the Rebbe, he listens closely, and then he extends his hand, and the wealthy Jew takes his hand, and he says, May Hashem bless you that you should be healthy, and your wife should be healthy, and your whole family should be healthy, and you should never worry about health problems the rest of your life. Well, the wealthy Jew was very happy to hear this, and he drops down on the table a huge amount of money, and then went on his way. Immediately, Shloimi and the Gabbai, they took the money and started paying off debts. And a few days later, the Rebbe returned. Of course, there was the regular stream of Hasidim and visitors that came to the town to meet the Rebbe. And one of the visitors that showed up was clearly a wealthy Jew who wasn't one of the Hasidim of Reb Shaila. He came and he gave the Gabbai several large crates of chickens, <laughs> sacks of potatoes and flour, and then he was brought into the Rebbe's room. The wealthy Jew is looking at Reb Shaila, who was a very short man, whereas Reb Shloimi was very tall. And it was clear to him that this wasn't the same tzaddik who had given him the bracha before. But he didn't know what was going on. 
He just figured maybe there were several tzaddikim that worked in shifts. One works the day, one works the night. What does he know? So he says to Reb Shaila, Rebbe, I know that you weren't the tzaddik that gave me the bracha before, but I'm sure that you know who that tzaddik is. I don't know before. There was a tall tzaddik, and now I have you. And I want to thank you for the great miracle that my wife experienced, because despite what all the doctors said, she's now had a full recovery. And then he handed the Rebbe a huge amount of money. He said, Rebbe, thank you so much. Now Reb Shaila, right away, understood what had happened. And as soon as the visitor left, he sent for Shlomi. The chassid comes into the Rebbe's room, and his face was white because he was scared to death what was going to happen. He'd been caught. He said to the Rebbe, Rebbe, please forgive me. I only did it for your sake and the sake of the Rebbe's court. We had so many debts and I had to pay off the debts. I trusted that Hashem and the merit of the Rebbe and my pure intentions would send a full recovery to the wealthy Jew's wife. So Reb Shaila said to Shloimi, sit down in the chair. And then the Rebbe tells him a story about a Jew named Elimelech, who happened to be from the town of Lejanks. He was a Talmud Chacham, a serious Jew, but he lived in terrible poverty. And when it came time to marry off his daughter, he had no other choice than to travel to the cities far away and try to collect money from the Jews there in order to marry off his daughter. Before he set out on the trip, decided to borrow a fancy rabbinical coat and hat so that when he comes, he might make a better impression and people would give him more money. And when he reached the first town, he entered the Beit Midrash and he was greeted by the local Jews who said, What's your name? And he said, My name is Elimelech from Lejanks. They look at this Jew, dressed like a serious rabbi, with the coat and the hat. His name is Elimelech from Lejanks? So they assumed he was none other than the great Rebbe, Rebbe Elimelech, the brother of the holy Rebbe, Rebbe Zusha. And so news spread quickly throughout the town that a great tzaddik had arrived, and he was greeted by the head of the community who insisted on hosting him. And this simple Jew, who was a scholar but so poor, was brought to the head of a huge table with all kinds of food, and streams of local Jews were coming with their kvitlach and their pidyonot, their financial gifts. And the fake Rebbe, he showered them with brachas, giving them blessings for parnasa, for health, for children, for shalom bayit, for whatever they asked. And he amassed so much money so quickly that he didn't need to raise any more money to marry off his daughter. And so he thanked the head of the community and headed back home. On his way back home, he felt very guilty for what he'd done. And when he got back to Lejanks, he went to the real Rebbe, Rebbe Melech, And he told the Rebbe what he had done. And he said, Rebbe, please, the money is yours. Since these Jews thought they were coming to you to get a bracha, I only ask you that you give me a little bit so that I can marry off my daughter. And the Rebbe, Rebbe Elimelech, he said to him, tell me, what gave you the chutzpah to guarantee all these brachas for everything that everybody asked for? when you know that you weren't worthy of giving such brachas. And the fake Rebbe, he said, Rebbe, before I started to read the kvitlach, the notes, I said a little prayer to Hashem. I said, Hashem, these Jews really believe that I'm the great tzaddik, Rebbe Melech of the Junks, and they really believe that my brachas matter. So please, Hashem, in the name of the real Rebbe, Rebbe Melech of the Junks, don't let these Jews be disappointed. Let these Jews be helped in the merit of the tzaddik that they think that I am. And the truth is that the brachas that the fake Rebbe had given came true. 
So now Reb Shireleh concluded his story to the Chassid Shlaimi, who had pretended to be him. And he said, Do you hear, Reb Shlaimi? What you've done is done. But I'm warning you, no more games. No matter what our financial situation is, never try something like that again. Here's one more short story. At the end of the First World War, when Russia had lost the war, they needed a scapegoat. And so the Russians said, why did we lose the war with Germany? Well, it was very simple. The Jews speak Yiddish, and Yiddish is German, so all the Jews are German spies, and they gave over all the secrets of Russia to Germany. So it's because of the Jews that we lost the war. So in those little shtetls, where the peasants were angry that they lost the war, they had an unfortunate little custom. Every Friday afternoon, they would hang up ten Jews and say that these are the ten spies. And the Heidegamshin over Rebbe, he sent messengers all over the area to redeem those people. Because for a hundred rubles, the police would take a bribe and let a Jew go. So one of the closest Hasidim of the Heidegger Amshinover went one Friday morning to a village to redeem the ten Jews that were supposed to be hanged. And he was on his way back to Amshinov through the forest when suddenly the wheel broke off of his wagon. It was late, it was almost Shabbos. And he was desperate. And suddenly he hears a horse coming. And he realizes from how fast the horse was coming that it was a Cossack. And I don't have to tell you, friends, the way Cossacks drive their horses, they drive them like madmen. But this Hasid, he wasn't afraid at all. He put himself right in the middle of the path that the Cossack was riding on. The Cossack sees him, and he stops. <laughs> he says to him, Dirty Jew, what do you want? The Hasid says, I'm stuck here in the forest, and I have to get to Amshinov before Shabbos. I'll be happy to pay you a hundred rubles if you take me back to Amshinov. The Cossack said, I'm not taking a dirty Jew in my carriage. And he attempts to make the horses go. <coughs> but this little Jew, the Chassid of the Amshinover, he was a farmer and he knew how to handle horses. He put his hand on the horses and they stood quietly. <coughs> the Cossack looked down at this Jew. And he said, let me tell you something. I know the Jews and there's nothing they're more afraid of than Cossacks. But let me ask you something. How much do you fear missing Shabbos? How much does Shabbos mean to you? I can see that it means so much to you that you're more scared of missing Shabbos than you are of a Cossack. And then he said, if Shabbos means that much to you, let me have the honor of driving you back to Amshinov for free. And so the Chassid arrived in Amshinov before Shabbos. And that night he's sitting next to the Amshinov Rebbe. And he tells the Amshinov Rebbe the story about the Cossack. And the Amshinova Rebbe said to the Chassid, So, what does it feel like when Eliyahu Navi comes dressed as a Cossack to bring you back here in time for Shabbos?
Thank you so much for listening to these stories. If you know somebody who still hasn't heard of the Hasidic Story Project, you know what they're missing out on. Please make sure to share a link with them, either from the website, HasidicStory.com, or from wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. And of course, make sure to leave us a review and five stars. It makes a big difference in the charts and more people will see the podcast and be able to listen to it. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to sharing our next story together.